Hello everyone. My name is Phil Gamage and welcome to the Downtown Music Collective. Today we will be discussing and reviewing new music from Boston's GA20, an old album from Robert Kimbrough Sr. out of Mississippi, a forgotten album by the mysterious Sibel Bear of Germany. We'll also be reviewing the new film Make Me Famous which is all about the 1980s Lower East Side New York art scene. And we'll have some live performance. Plus, perhaps a surprise or two? Now if you haven't already, please press the subscribe button right here so you get all the great content from this channel. Incidentally, all the opinions expressed here are mine and mine alone. I share my thoughts with you in hopes that you'll find all of these artists intriguing and want to explore them on your own. So, I think we're about ready to get started. What do you say? She doesn't say much. Let's get going. The new Lonely Soul from Boston's GA20, released 2019 on Karma Chief Records, produced by Matthew Stubbs. Now Boston band GA20 uses two electric guitars and one drummer in their setup, so there's no bass. This is a commitment to a certain kind of sound. You have no bottom in in the band's instrumental mix. A couple other groups that pioneered this idea were the Cramps, uh, who else? Well anyway, GA20 handles this really well and uses it to their advantage. They've constructed the songs so that they all work very effectively with this strategy. This band is an up-and-comer in the current blues scene and to a lesser extent in the alt-rock scene. The tunes on Lonely Soul are all bluesy and all soulful and they seem to focus on a more poppy kind of electric blues reminiscence of the early 1960s. Some people say this band plays Chicago blues. I really hear a lot of Lazy Lester, a lot of Slim Harpo. I know these aren't household names, but they were very important blues artists in the early 60s. Does GA20 singer Pat Faherty sing with a classic blues voice? No, not at all. But he has a good voice for this band, and somehow it all seems to work. Uh, the other guitar player, Suggs, handles most of the guitar leads and guitar riffs, but they do switch off on occasion to good advantage. And both these guys are really tasty, solid players. I love it. I love the way they play. The production has kind of a retro feel. It's heavy on reverb, but of course I love reverb, as you may know. And there's some great vintage guitar sounds on this record, and very tight playing, which makes the songs really cook. Standout tracks. You Know I'm Right, One Night Man, and Happy Today. Incidentally, both of these guitarists are serious guitar, amp, and guitar pedal gearheads. And I recommend you check out some of their YouTube videos 
where they talk and, and show you all their gear, vintage gear. A lot of guitars from the 60s, off brands, uh, the kind of guitars that the Black Keys have made popular in recent years. Harmony, if you're into that sort of thing, please pursue it. It's, it's a rabbit hole, but it's a fun one. The Old from 2016 Wally Woot from Robert Kimbrough Sr. Kimbrough is a Mississippi musician who carries on the great music tradition of his family and is the new generation of Kimbroughs. He is associated with the hill country blues style from the northern part of that state. This is a part of Mississippi that is the source of other artists such as Jesse May Hemphill and the great Grammy-nominee R.L. Boyce. Wally Wood is an album of deep, hypnotic, sexy, grinding, rhythmic songs with a heavy cinematic black exploitation vibe that I just love. For me, that vibe is what makes this album very special and unique, and it's what separates it from other contemporary blues albums. These songs could fit in a 1970s film like Superfly, Shaft, or Black Caesar. So it's a winning combination, the cinematic blues vibe and Robert's vocals. On a personal note, I met Robert and shared a stage with him at a show I played in Long Island City, New York about six or seven years ago maybe, something like that. I believe it was one of his first trips out of Mississippi, anywhere. He was playing with a house band that night, and while he and the band were good, it was nothing special. But that's often the case when musicians travel to play a one-off gig with a local pickup band. Then a few months later, I got a hold of this album. Robert insisted I buy it. And it was a very pleasant surprise for me when I heard it. It really blew me away. It was nothing like what I heard out in Long Island City that night. Standout tracks. The Voodoo Man. The opening track, You Better Run, It's Yo World. Now this one in particular has that 70's cinematic uh, black action, black exploitation vibe. I love it. Old Man is Gone. I'm pretty sure this is a tribute to Robert's father, Junior Kimbrough. It's a very heartfelt tribute. Really sensitive tune. So check it out. Wiley Woot from Mississippi's Robert Kimbrough Sr. And now for the forgotten. Color Green from Germany's Civil Bear. Released 2006 on Orange Twin Records. Bear is a vocalist and guitarist on these tracks. I understand she was also an actress. Uh, this album contains 1970 to 73 home recordings and its original songs only, as far as I can tell, tunes that Bear wrote. For the most part it's recorded live. I do hear some strings and organ on a couple of tunes, uncredited, unfortunately. Bear delivers this very powerful performance of her tunes and there's a mysterious quality to them. It's kind of hard to describe. You really have to hear it. What are some things I like about this album? 
I like her use of vocal melodies. They are unusual and they are catchy. I like the haunting vibe to the lyrics. They're mysterious. At times they're a little creepy, but in a good way. I enjoy the unusual chord progressions in her songs. That works beautifully with her vocals, the melodies on top of these chords. Now about the album's production. It's a stripped down live recording. No overdubs, no bells and whistles. As I mentioned, recorded on a reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder in her home. But it's got amazingly good quality for a home recording. Kudos to Derek Olmsted who mastered the original tapes. The story behind this album is very unique. The tapes recorded in the early 70s sat around for about 30 years before Sybil's son gave them to one of the guys in the band Dinosaur Jr. They eventually found their way to the record label Orange Twin who released them rather quietly in 2006. However, since then uh, the album has gotten some acclaim. Other artists have been covering a few of her songs. I noticed on Sybil's website uh, there is a songbook available with the chord changes and all the lyrics. She is no longer active in music and as far as I know hasn't been since the early 70s. Very mysterious woman. Uh, appeared in a number of German films in the 70s and 80s. Uh, I haven't bothered to pursue those but for those of you who want to dig a little deeper about this woman you can find out information about that online. Standout tracks. Well there's one track on here that really uh, intrigues me and that's called I Lost Something in the Hills. Uh, the lyrics are very enigmatic, very mysterious, uh, the melody is haunting, so that's one of my favorites.
never lose those warm summer nights in July. So long and goodbye. So long and Let's talk cinema. Let's talk movies. Let's talk about the new documentary film, Make Me Famous, directed by Brian Vincent, produced by Heather Spore and Brian Vincent. This film is an hour and a half documentary about the troubled journey of the highly ambitious painter Edward Brzezinski in the early 1980s Lower East Side art scene. Brzezinski was a peer and sometimes friend of better known and successful artists from that scene such as Keith Haring. He was one of the many artists who did not become a huge success financially out of that scene. His journey through the East Village art world is fascinating and the film uses his story to describe that world. Now, Brzezinski had some mental health issues and substance abuse issues. These are all addressed honestly in the film. So let's go back to the 1980s for a minute. The East Village, New York City art scene was huge, with hundreds, maybe even thousands, of ambitious young artists moving to New York to be involved with and in it. These were the artists themselves, the gallery owners and workers, art collectors and investors, and of course, the hangers-on. Brzezinski was just another talented face in the crowd who was left behind in terms of financial success by the art stars that emerged from that era. Make Me Famous is largely a collection of on-screen anecdotal interviews from the people still alive from that time talking about Edward, both good and bad. Now, full disclosure. I lived in the East Village in the years featured in the film, and I was involved in a lot of the art events, as well as knowing many of the participants. I know a few people that are interviewed in this film. I went to my share of gallery openings in the 1980s. I feel this movie captures the vibe and energy of that era very well. It accurately shows the grittiness and communal spirit that we felt. It was very inexpensive to live in New York City at that time, so naturally it was a magnet for all these young artists. What are some things I like about Make Me Famous? Well, it goes into great detail about what it was actually like to live in near poverty in the then very inexpensive East Village and be totally dedicated to pursuing your art. What the life was like day in, day out for these artists and young people. I like that it discusses candidly the devastation of that art scene by the AIDS epidemic. 
I like that the film was not afraid to stay away from the interview subject's bitchiness and backstabbing towards some of their fellow artists and the art establishment. I appreciate their candor in the film. Make Me Famous is currently playing the festival circuit at the time of our taping here. I anticipate it being available via screening sometime in the next few months. So if you're curious about an exciting era in the art world, the international art world, you need to see Make Me Famous. I think it's one of the best documents of that era. I'm going to take you out on a song. This one's called Shed My Skin. I wrote it. It's an oldie of mine. Probably the oldest song that I continue to keep playing that I wrote. It was released originally on my album Kneel to the Rising Sun. That came out on the Mighty New Rose Records out of Paris, France.
Oh my, where did the time go? I hope you had fun. I sure did. See you next time on the Downtown Music Collective.